What's up, guys? My name's Caleb. And I'm Ben, and you are listening to Tribal Talk, a Survivor podcast. Welcome back to Tribal Talk, a Survivor podcast. We just finished watching episode three of season 38, Edge of Extinction, and we finally have a more rounded picture of this season's contestants. It seems like every season it takes a couple episodes for us to actually have a well-rounded view of the person and how they like to play the game. Ben, so far in this season, and of course in episode three specifically, who has stood out to you? So, not necessarily from a strategic standpoint, but just from like an interesting standpoint. Wendy stood out to me. She has made some pretty critical errors. And usually when we see a player struggling this much in the game, like constantly in fear of being voted out, she jacked up her ankle. She has made this huge deal about chickens and super hypocritical and unpopular. I do think that the chicken saga, though, so far has been pretty hilarious. Like how she tried to get Rick involved as her accomplice. And he was like, absolutely not. You are on your own. I will not do it. Yes. Yes. No, it's it's been fantastic television for sure. But I feel like we are on official goat watch. I remember in episode one, we talked about potential goats and we didn't have enough information. I feel like we have enough information on Wendy to go ahead and peg her as our goat watch contestant. I think the person that has noticed that the most and is in the best position to do something about that would be David. If David makes it far, I guarantee you he's going to want Wendy by his side as long as he possibly can to hopefully take to the final tribal because so far she's made no strategic moves. People well, some people dislike her, feel like she's kind of a hypocrite. I do think you're right that the majority of her tribe at this point does dislike her because she went from being just kind of on the bottom to kind of whiny this episode, and it wasn't even because of her ankle. Obviously, having a broken ankle is a huge problem. Even if it's just a bad sprain, it's still a big deal, and I'm sure she's in a lot of pain. But with the chickens, it wasn't like she just voiced her concern and voiced her unhappiness with it you know the survivor verse online they're all saying that she's trying to get that sia money are you familiar with what sia has done to past survivors who have been animal lovers uh no i i'm i'm completely unaware of phil man so sia you know like the singer sia has given uh you know like ty and a couple other survivor players thousands of dollars because she likes who their character is so they think that she's sia fishing and trying to get some of that sia money because she's basically recognized that at this point she's not going to win the game i think that's possible obviously we don't know yet i think we're giving her a lot of credit honestly she comes across to me like she's just playing off the cuff uh with her emotions i honestly think it at this point it might serve her well almost the philip shepherd level goat watch at, at this point that's my take what survivor is really standing out to you at this point so far it's actually been war dog and that's not because i didn't expect him to try to be a player but it's actually been because mm. he has been able to single-handedly control the manu tribe so far what's happened yeah. in last episode and this episode especially is we see 
them lose the immunity challenge, the Manu tribe, and we see David immediately say, I want to get Wentworth. He has actually assembled a majority of players each time and has it ready to go. And both times, Chris screwed him over and went to Wardog and ruined the vote. Even so, I still give a lot of credit to Wardog because he's been the guy who's been picking who's going home. I thought at the beginning of this season that he was going to fall victim to what I like to call Brad Culpepper syndrome. And what I mean by that is he's a big, strong man who likes yeah. to tell other people what to do. And that works for a while, but it bit Brad Culpepper in the butt in Blood versus Water. And he had really evolved in his second game in Game Changers, but he still tried to push Ty around, and I think that's why he lost that season. So he so far hasn't fallen to Brad Culpepper syndrome, and so far I think he's been one one of the most interesting players to watch. I think what happened with Brad Culpepper is eventually you make them really angry, and then you get into a big fight with them, and then people feel like you're toxic to the survivor environment. Right. And when that happens, oftentimes you're either you're either gonna be the GOAT, which would not apply to him because he's already been a key implement in several uh, moves. So he's not GOAT status. I think uh, he is a physical threat. He's a strategic threat. And my opinion is that he's not gonna make it long past the merge, but I think he'll make it to the merge. I do think it is noteworthy, though, that he was on the right side of the vote when he voted out Reem, and he was on the right side of the vote when he voted out Keith, and then, of course, in this episode, he was on the right side of the vote when he voted out Chris. That brings us to our next topic, which is, if you could describe Chris in one word, what would it be? That is a tough question. I have a lot of words for Chris at this point. I, I tend to just get really upset about players that I feel like take moments away from us. And I feel like the blind side of Kelly Wentworth would have been just a golden, golden Yeah, moment. it's been teased so many times. It's not that I dislike Kelly, but it's just that I love blind sides. And they keep just being like, hey, maybe it's going to happen. It wasn't mm -hmm. as bad this episode. But I just keep wanting them to actually be able to execute. And so far, David and his alliance hasn't been able to execute single-handedly because of Chris. Yeah, agreed. So here are the words that I'm thinking about when I'm picturing Chris in my head. I see him as dumb because he did not realize, even though David told him that Wardog is stronger with Wentworth than he is with Chris. Wardog's allegiance is to Wentworth. He tells him, don't tell Wardog or Lauren because they will tell <laughs> he says he says because the vote won't work. It won't yeah, work if you tell yeah. if you tell Wardog. I thought that was so interesting too. He literally spells it out. He's like, hey, if you go tell anyone about this, it really isn't gonna work. David lucked oh, out gosh. that this didn't blow back on him. Chris yeah, basically did. went to Wardog and acted like it was his idea. If that had come back, I think David may have gone home, surprisingly, even though David so far has been the safest. So anyways, I think of dumb. I think he's a I think he's a coward, honestly, because he was afraid to jeopardize his relationship with Wardog. Uh, he refuses to take a side. The only side he's taken so far is that he wants Wentworth out and he wants everyone else to be his friend still. And you can't play Survivor that way. You've got to be okay with ruffling some feathers, letting some people down, and then lying with one side. And I think he would have been so much better off. Obviously, he got voted sure. out. He'd have been so much better off just to pick a side and go with it. He got what he deserved. What one word describes Chris to you? 
I think that the only word that comes to my mind really is sabotage. And that's because he just takes those plans and throws them in the dirt. He says, nope, not on my watch. I want to try to ride this middleman thing between these two alliances. And then, you know, the two alliances said, well, never mind. We're just going to get rid of you then if that's what you want to do. I think sabotage is really the only word for it. I feel like sabotage is a little bit, it's it's giving him a little too much credit because sabotage is almost like he intended to do this, right? He intended to screw up the vote, which he didn't. And and if he had intended to screw up the vote, that would have been the exact move to make. But he is so socially inept that he does not even realize, even though David literally tells him, he does not realize that he is screwing up the vote. I feel like I get where you're coming from, but I, I don't want to give him credit for like a purposeful sabotage. So maybe it's just, just like trying to trust a plan to a pawn and they just can't keep it together. So they do sabotage you. But I agree. There's no mastermind mentality to this. Absolutely. And I think uh, I think David was more than happy to vote him off. I think he was exasperated uh, with Chris. And I, and I get that. What did you think about the reward challenge? So they had the two different rewards that the tribes could pick from. Right. They had comfort or chickens. And I think they made the right choice getting chickens. I think if they had known that Wendy was going to be such a jerk about it, they probably wouldn't have picked chickens. But it's impossible to know. I But that comfort looks so good, man. That, did you see those pillows? I think they went all out with the comfort. They really wanted to get somebody to make that decision because the pillows looked so good it honestly made me want to take a nap like right then yeah but you have to keep in mind that the manu tribe has yet to win any of the immunities or any of the rewards so i think they were really wanted to get something that was more sustenance focused rather than comfort so i think that makes sense here's what i would have done i probably would have gone with the comfort and the reason is because chickens aren't going to last you to the end of the game invariably they only make it to the merge and the reason is because or or a tribe mix up if they see one coming and the reason is because nobody wants to give their chickens away to somebody else and they can have a chicken meal you know best case scenario and in this case they only actually have one episode with the chickens now the bedding that material is going to last you the entire game long now maybe you are not the one enjoying the benefits of it at one point but when it everyone merges if you get to the merge everyone has those pillows those blankets and everything for the rest of the game and i feel like a good night's sleep is so so valuable in my mind it's almost just as valuable as food I agree. I do think this is a good opportunity to talk about, like I mentioned earlier, the chicken saga, because I found this whole thing somewhat exhausting, but mostly hilarious. So funny because Wendy was just like on a dime was just like, surprise, I'm a vegetarian (laughs) now. And I disagree with you killing this chicken because it wasn't raised to die basically Mm. and watching her tribe just get so annoyed with her but i have to give her credit she pulled it out of her hat by hiding that flint because that chicken was about to die and she single-handedly saved it and got away with it i couldn't believe it she fooled (laughs) david david is normally pretty astute but he was like ah you know I don't think she has it and they were like well i guess she doesn't have it do you not think that he was covering for her because that's well, that's the impression I got because he stated after that meeting with her, he wanted to get Wentworth out. He wanted the target off of Wendy from everyone because he wanted 
the majority of the people to side with him. And honestly, if it had come out to everyone else that Wendy had had stolen the chickens, I think that anger would have been so real that most everybody would have voted. I'm sure Chris would have voted for Wendy at that point. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right after thinking about it, because at that point, it wasn't David's best interest to try to keep Wendy around. And then I think just like last time, it was Kelly or Wendy. And it was again, this time Kelly or Wendy. And then because of something that Chris did, it switched. Last time it switched from Kelly or Wendy to Keith. And this time it switched from Kelly or Wendy to Chris himself. It was just really interesting to see how Wendy was able to basically do whatever she wanted. And I guess you're right. I think David covered for her. So that's kind of a good lead in into my next question. Who do you think is in the most danger of getting voted out next episode? So I think we do have to talk about what we were shown in the preview at the end of this episode. Yeah, the only definitely. thing we know is that we're going to a three tribe situation. So we can assume that most likely we will still have the Kama tribe. We will still have the Manu tribe, but now we will have a new third tribe. And we've had three people voted off, which means that there's going to be three tribes of five, right? What yeah. we can assume then is that best case scenario, these return players are going to have two on one and then one and one on the others. If they're lucky, and I mean lucky, they'll have three on one of those tribes. But I pity the return players who get stuck on the tribes in one versus four situations oh, yeah. because that's going to be real rough. Which brings me to the answer to the question, which is that which one is most likely to still get voted out in a situation where they don't have the numbers anymore. And I think that's Kelly. I would normally say Aubrey, but because Aubrey found the hidden immunity idol this episode, I think that now shifts to Kelly. I think that Joe still has so much challenge prowess that even a tribe of five is going to want to keep him around because that's going to allow them to probably ride that until the next tribe switch or until the merge itself. The flip side there is that you have David and no one to date has really seen David as a huge threat. So I think he's going to make it, which leaves Kelly and Aubrey. And like I said, Aubrey has the idol. So I think that means Kelly. I think that if Aubrey or Kelly go to tribal, I think Kelly will go home. I think if Aubrey goes to tribal, I think she will most likely have to play the idol. I agree. Do you think she'd have the good sense to see something coming? Uh, and play the idol, or do you think she'd go home with the idol in her pocket? You know, normally I would say that Aubrey would be astute enough to know when something was coming her way, but this season she hasn't been quite on top of her game, and it would really be a shame to see her blindsided and go home with an idol in her pocket after she worked so hard over three seasons to find one. I mean, that scene where she finds the idol was one of my favorite scenes in the season so far because you see this person who we've seen from the beginning of her Survivor career crying in the hut because she doesn't have clean water coming all the way to basically ravaging this island trying to find this idol and she finally succeeds so i want her to be able to play that thing successfully but i just don't know yeah i guess we'll have to see so since we are speaking about return players though i do think it's important to bring up one of my favorite moments of the episode which was when Victoria and one of her tribe mates on Kama were speaking on the beach and they're strategizing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Victoria and Ron are on the beach on the Kama beach. And they are talking about, oh, well, are we going to vote out Aubrey? Are we going to vote out Joe? Yeah. Who are you feeling for next tribal? Yeah. (laughs) Or are we going to vote out Aurora? And then the genius cameraman is just like, I'm just going (laughs) to slowly pan out here. 
Give that cameraman a raise. It was so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was excellent. So he slowly pans out and Joe's like, oh yeah, so uh, Aubrey and I are on the bottom of the barrel, huh? And, and then Victoria's like, uh, well, there really, there really there isn't, isn't a, a barrel. barrel. There's uh-huh. no barrel. It was so awkward. And Dude, Joe's like, so what are you thinking? I was squirming in my chair so hard because he was so close. That's the thing. He was like two feet from her. How did Ron not see joe how i don't know he's like right behind her oh oh i love survivor it was so, so good much. and then of course after joe's like so uh you know what are you thinking and then from what i could tell victoria was just silent just basically looked at him i was just like mm, you know what's gonna happen and he was like okay and then of course he goes to aubrey and that inspires aubrey to go and look for the idol so in that way, I'm so glad it happened, and I'm also glad that it happened because it was a great moment. Great TV. And really revealed to me that Victoria isn't as with it as I thought she was. I thought she was on top of things. She read right through Aubrey last episode, and then yeah. this episode had this huge misstep. Granted, it's not like she spilled some huge secret. It wasn't a secret that they're gunning for Aubrey and Joe. They already knew, right? Yeah, it was great television. My thought on who is in danger at this point. So you remember back when, episode three, when David and Rick go to Wendy to confront her about the Flint, and then they bring up this idea of getting out Wentworth. So Wendy has been in this survival mode where she's willing to do basically anything in order to stay in the game. And we know that about her. We also know that she's prone to be emotional, especially when she thinks she's going out. Look for her to throw David and Rick under the bus to Wentworth. If she feels like she's going out, I can totally see her doing that. She says she's loyal, but I think she's far more emotional than she is loyal. And if she tells Wentworth that David and Rick came to her about voting Wentworth off, look for probably, my guess is if Wentworth hears about this, I think she would go after Rick. And the reason I think she would do that is because she wants to keep returnees in the game. Also, obviously, we've seen the scene where Jeff says, drop the buffs. In that scene, we see everybody still standing there. Everybody that's in the game at the end of episode three is still in the game. So this all depends on how the tribes shake out. But I think David and Rick are in big trouble because so far, Manu has looked mostly united, especially with the last two votes. And David is trying to hide his actions uh, from Wentworth. He's trying to stay, you know, I'm on Wentworth's side. He kind of got a free out with the Chris vote. I think Wendy could shake up the game big time if she were to go to Wentworth with that information. It definitely seems like David is playing the long game with Kelly and is unwilling to risk sacrificing his hidden hatred of her in the short term in the attempt to get rid of her because he's had narrow opportunities and he probably could have still gone for and seen what happened but if he failed he would be in a far worse position to be clear i don't think he hates her i think he respects her as a player and i think he wants her out as soon as he possibly can get her out you know whether he's made a mistake the last two votes which i feel like he has just because he should have known that a tribe shakeup was coming sooner than later and so he didn't need to get out the weaker players necessarily he needed to get out the threats yeah that's something i was thinking about too is nowadays in survivor there's so many tribe switches really voting off the weak players only affects your next immunity challenge like that's all that's guaranteed not even that sometimes 
you're going to have those players for two or three immunity challenges, and then it's going to be a switch, and you may be with a whole bunch of new weak people. I think like voting off Reem the first time was a good idea, but for like Kelly or even for David, actually, should they have voted off Keith after that? I'm not so sure. Mm, you know, yeah. it may not have been the best choice. Maybe they would have been better off voting out someone more strategic because they may have been able to look forward and seen that switch coming up. Yeah, if I'm David, though, from the very beginning, I'm thinking vote out the strong, the strategic players, specifically the strategic players, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, early and often. But obviously, he's taking a different tack. We'll see how it plays out. Kind of on that note, uh, out of everyone on Edge of Extinction right now, we have Chris, Keith, and Reem. Who is your favorite to return to the game, however that shakes out? Currently, because of the three players that are there, my pick is Chris, and that's not because he's the most strategically minded, and that's not because he has the most endurance. It's just because I think if I understand how Edge of Extinction works, and this is an assumption, is that there's going to be a challenge at some point, and whoever wins the challenge gets to re-enter the game. If that's correct, I think Chris has the biggest chance of re-entering because we saw Keith's performance in challenges, and they're not good. Reem was only in one, but she wasn't good there either, and Chris has shown that he's fairly athletic. He was the one who won the reward challenge for the Manu tribe, mm-hmm. and we saw him actually hook a lot of those rings last week in the immunity challenge. So I think he has the best chance of getting it back in. But like I said, it's only because of his athletic ability. So I don't think we've seen the returnee yet. I think Keith is kind of a dud. Reem is hanging literally by a thread. Her motivation at this point is as a mother to Keith. Like, what the heck? And Chris is probably one of the most gullible and foolhardy players that I've seen in a while. Foolhardy is the word that we should have come up with earlier. That's probably, uh, the, most, that's probably the most apt description of Chris I've heard. Yeah, he's kind of in a social way. He's blundering. He's He goes off half-cocked. And the fact that he called Wardog a number when you don't need another number to make the move, it just shows me how inexperienced and what a lack of strategy this guy plays with. I don't think we've seen the returnee yet. I think probably the next person who's sent to Edge of Extinction would likely stand the best chance out of these three. I think these three are totally make sense that they would be the first ones sent out of the game. Given that we now are in a three tribe situation, if you are one of the newbie players, would you even consider allying with the return players on these new three tribes of five? Absolutely, I would. And the reason is because returnees are super easy to hide behind. If you think about it, especially later on in the game, there's not really a competitive advantage that a returnee has over you. As long as you're a strategic player, as long as you're in decent shape and can compete in individual challenges, there is nothing about allying with returnees that should concern you. I think uh, other than that, people generally have the idea that returnees have had their shot they'll be likely to be voted off next instead of you. Obviously, it depends on the returnee, but for the most part, I would try to align with them and hide in the shadows as long as I possibly can. I think that allying with a return player is a good idea for the reasons that you mentioned. My only concern there is that if any one of those players makes it to the end, I think they have a pretty darn compelling case. 
as to why they should be named Soul Survivor. I mean, if Aubrey makes it to the end, I don't know what the other people are going to have to say. It would have to be a pretty bitter jury for them to vote against her. Same with Joe. You know, he's he's fought valiantly. That's a good point. Two, yeah. two whole seasons of Survivor, and this is his third. And if he makes it, who's going to vote against him? David and Kelly Wentworth as well. So you run the risk of taking him too deep in the game, I think. I don't think anyone's going to ally with Joe because Joe will just be too big of a target after the merge. I don't think anyone's going to ally with Aubrey because, once again, I think she's just too known as a threat. I think David's the most likely person to be that, and I think we're seeing Rick really latch onto that theory, and he's going to try to stay behind David and lean on David for strategic knowledge. And so far, I think that's been working really well for him. But if Rick makes the mistake of taking David all the way to the end, I don't think Rick's going to win this money. I think if any one of those four makes it, it's pretty much a guaranteed win. The only other thing you could probably do is if it's a final three, I would actually rather have two returning players in there and then me rather than one returning player and then me and someone else because then you maybe can at least exactly, try to maybe have two and two and three on you. Other than that, if you take one of them to the end, I think it's a guaranteed loss. You can take that chance and take them to the merge and take them deep into the merge, but it may come back to bite you. Let's say you are divided up on a tribe and you have David and Wentworth on that third tribe. Obviously, David's been gunning for Wentworth. Wentworth may or may not know that fact. Which person would you approach? Which person do you think you would try to align with and vote with? Currently, from everything I've seen, it would be the smartest move if I was in that game and I had a choice between Kelly and David to align with David. David has been in the hot seat strategically every single episode this season, and he's played it really masterfully. He's playing a little bit conservative, just a little bit, but I think that's wise at the moment. If he ever strayed too far, I think he would have put a bigger target on his back. The fact that all four returning players are still in this season at this point is actually surprising to me. Yeah, I thought one of them would have been gone for sure. Obviously, part of that is the fact that the Kamau tribe hasn't gone to tribal. Oh, and that reminds me. If you remember back to episode one, Fancy Pants, a.k.a. Ron, found that secret advantage menu, and he had those choices between stealing a vote oh my gosh individual immunity or he could steal a reward and i don't know why he didn't use it because he had to use it by the third tribal i completely forgot about that advantage i think most people did the producers didn't bring it back up and i know that that there probably wasn't much of a reason to but because his team didn't go to tribal at all yeah but the thing is is that they did lose a reward and they could have stolen the chickens or stolen the comfort oh my gosh and then they would have had everything that was up for grabs so far how big of a moment would that have been if ron had just been like hey we get those chickens now yeah it would have been pretty baller that's for sure i don't know if that would have put more of a target on his back or if he would have just been awesome for his tribe yeah wow I can't believe I missed that. I completely forgot that he had that advantage. They never addressed it. None of the producers, or maybe they did. Gosh, I can't imagine. Why did did he forget? Or was he just afraid to put a target on his back as someone who found an advantage? Maybe he would have had to have the advantage with him physically at the reward challenge. But the thing is, if I have that, and I know one of the possible uses is that you, oh, you know why he didn't bring it? Because he was saving it for Tribal 3. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, the reward was before the immunity. 
still they didn't address it at all well it's maybe like it, it's like yeah. it fell off the map you like, know i'm what, sure they would have addressed it had they gone to tribal had kamash sure. gone to tribal but since they didn't there was no reason to bring it up but you know what that's exactly what he was doing okay that makes way more sense I could I could see the producers uh, addressing it, and then it gets to the cutting room floor, and they're like, "Yeah, these episodes are only forty minutes long. We're not gonna address that. We're just." Oh, I'm sure he probably did have a confessional about it, and it just didn't make it into the episode. But yeah, it seems like that whole advantage went to waste. But maybe he can tear off the bottom part about it being only usable by the third tribal, and maybe he can pass it off to someone else, and they can look like a dummy user. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. So with that, I think we're done for the day. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you are using to listen to the podcast. And one huge thing you can do to help the show is to find one other fan of Survivor and recommend the show to them. There's not a whole lot of good ways to advertise podcasts, but if you can find one person and just recommend Tribal Talk, we would really appreciate it. But other than that, we will talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you.